0: That's a valid question. How can I say thanks for all you've done for me? Well, you can just say thank you. But if you really want to thank Him, obey His word. For to obey is better than anything else that you can do. You want to bring pleasure to your Savior. To your king. Be an obedient child. Obey him. Turn to Joshua. Chapter 1. I won't be long tonight. If you can listen as fast as I can talk. This will just take a few minutes. Because what the Lord has laid on my heart. Is merely... A word of encouragement and hope to you. You know, we're troubled on every hand. We're perplexed. If we're not careful, the devil would love to try to instill fear and doubt and questions and those moments of hesitation in our spirit, man. But yet, God tells us to bring captive every thought and see if it be of the Lord. You see, I have discovered in 41 years of ministry that God gets way too much blame and the devil gets way too much credit. When in truth, as a child of God, filled with his spirit, cleansed in his blood, equipped with his word, he's given you the authority and the dominion to go forth and to walk in victory and not defeat. But you have to de- to develop the mindset of a warrior. Right. I assure you, I use this illustration quite a bit. I have a, a niece that's a, a world champion MMA fighter. In fact, she fights Saturday night on what's that channel? Uh, ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. Out in North Carolina, I believe it is. And anyway... I assure you, when those fighters are going to the ring, now I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to. That's the stage. That's the ring. I've come out of the locker room. Here I go. I'm coming to the ring, acting goofy, slapping myself, throwing punches. If I don't believe when I step up on this stage and climb between the ropes to get into the ring of combat. If I don't have the mindset and the attitude and if i have not prepared to believe that I can win, I better not climb through the ropes. If you don't believe that, if you're not convinced in your heart, you're defeated before you get in the battle. As a man believeth in his heart, so is he. Are you tired of being the devil's punching bag? Are you tired of the same thing defeating you over and over and over and over? You're really not. You say you are, but you're not. Because if you're tired of it, you can change it. Call on the Lord. Do your part and watch Him do His. See the situation and circumstances changed. Watch the outcome be different. Because I assure you, his desire for you is to be victorious and not the victim. The very term Nike, which I won't buy any more of those shoes, but never mind. (laughs) But the very term Nike means the victor. We in Christian, Christendom, we need to develop the Nike mentality, the victory mentality, the warrior mentality. He's not called us to be anything but soldiers. Soldiers fight, soldiers train, soldiers are equipped, and soldiers fight. Now our warfare is not flesh and blood. It's not people. It's principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a devil that's real. And he is on a mission to torment you, to steal, to kill, to destroy, to distract, to dilute, to deceive bring destruction to your dreams, your hopes, your lives, your marriages, your schools, your children. And we sit back and we let him take victory laps when we don't have to. It's time that we be the armed and dangerous Christian that God has intended us to be. That by the discernment of his spirit We recognize what's happening and we take dominion and we take authority and we do what needs to be done. And I'm talking to you, every one of you that claim to be a Christian. There are no little eyes, we're all relevant. We all are part of the body of Christ and can the hand say to the eye, I have no need of these. I don't know what part of the body you are, but you have a distinct purpose, function and role that God has destined for you to walk in and victories to experience and lives to change and purposes to fulfill. But the devil wants to distract you and detour you. Through bumps in the road. Through speed bumps and potholes. Through adversaries. Through circumstance. But remember this. God is not a man that he should lie, and his word says that with every, temp- every temptation he makes a way of escape. Every temptation he makes a way out. Every time there's a trial, every time there's a problem, if you'll look to Jesus, he's not only the author, but he's the finisher of your faith. But you've got to look for him. You've got to look for him in the darkness of the midnight. You've got to look for him in that dungeon. You've got to look for him in those lonely places. And when there's nobody around to encourage you in the Lord, in the book of Samuel it says, encourage yourself in the Lord. Listen, get your chin up off of your chest and get your eyes on the eastern sky. For the day of his appearing draweth nigh. And I want you to understand something. It's not he who starts a race, but he who finishes the race. And he wants us to finish strong with our lights shining bright. He wants our all in our lamp and our wicks trimmed. And wants us to shine in the darkness of this sin-filled world. I believe that it's possible. And I believe this because of the experience of Moses when he came down off of the mountain from conversation with God and having the Ten Commandments, how the Word says that his countenance, he's shown floor. Shown forth with the glory of God. I believe it's possible for us to be in such a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that when we walk into a room, when we walk into a hospital, when we walk into work, people can see a countenance upon our face and a spirit that possesses us and walks in with us, and that peace fills the room and that trouble descends. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching, good, because I'm fixing to tell you something that I know to be the fact. And here sits my witness. Not long after Skeeter came on staff out here, you remember this, Skeeter, we went to LSU? (laughs) Holy moly. We got an emergency phone call to come to the hospital. Tragic situation that I won't go into. Man's life was in the balances and uh, over the years all the pastors Brother Marvin, everybody, all the pastors get to be known at all of the hospitals and when I walk and Skeeter and I walk through the doors at LSU Hospital young lady, she hits the button and the doors opened up she says, that way! <laughs> and so I turn and I start walking down the hall and There's one of those big security guards going, Come on, Pastor! Hurry! Come on, Pastor! So Skeeter and I, we're jogging. We're thinking, what in the world? And we get in there and there's a room probably about as big as the end of this stage right here. Don't let me get evangelistic. Make sure I tell the truth. And they usher us into the room and there's one little lady standing in the middle of the room, probably 5'4, five, 5'5, five, five, weigh about 130, 40 pounds. And she turned. And when we walked in, she goes, No, no, and just was saying no demonically walking backwards and put herself on the floor i recognized immediately what it was it was a demonic spirit and she had everybody in that room pinned against the walls they looked like pictures hanging on the wall (laughs) scared to death not moving not saying a word and i recognized what was happening and i knew The Lord had given us power through the name of Jesus. And I just walked towards her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And the closer I walked, the lower she got to the floor till she got out of that room. I'm not any more special than you are. If the same Spirit... That raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It will quicken your mortal body. But you see, we live in the fear of the intimidation of the devil when God has given us authority over everything the devil has that he would come against us with. Now yeah, I realize there's some nuts out there. I'm being honest. On both sides of the fence. The Christian side and the sinner side. There's some idiots out there. (laughs) But you've got to learn. To listen to that discernment. That God gives us. And to be equipped. And armed. With his word. Because. That's what matters. His word will accomplish what he has sent it to do. He watches over his word to perform it. I love this young lady. He says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth among his people. Looking for someone, looking among his people. That's Christians, that's you, that's me. Looking for someone that will let him, let him show himself mighty and strong upon their behalf. Will you let him or have you been keeping him at arm's distance because you're afraid. That ain't of God. You're afraid to put all your trust. I was talking to Skeeter and Duke this morning. About Webster's definition of faith. We know in Christianity we say, well, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We know that's Hebrews 11, and that's exactly what it is. But in a little more clear vernacular, according to Webster's dictionary, it says to have complete trust, complete trust in someone or something, parentheses, especially God. Now, we're quick to say, well, by faith, I'm just believing for so-and-so. Is that a statement of fact, or are you really wishing something? Or are you really steadfastly convinced and convicted and persuaded that all of your hope, all of your trust, all of your every essence of your being can depend That God will show up and show out. In his perfect timing. In his perfect way. In ways that we don't even know how or when or where. But he's coming. Because he said he would. He's coming because he said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the very end of the ages. You can count on me. I'm a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Have I even read Joshua yet? <laughs> Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. To the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from this wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. I want you to reflect and remember when the children of Israel left slavery in Egypt. They were standing at a body of water called the Red Sea, and there was an army in hot pursuit. God did a miracle. He parted the waters, and they crossed on dry ground. They're running from an army. We're not going to read far enough but three days after what we just read they're going to enter into a promised land and there again they stand at a body of water. The Jordan River. This time they're running to an enemy. You remember the spies that had been sent out that come back with the report that truly it's a land that flows with milk and honey. You ought to see the size of those grapes and palm granites. It's a marvelous pace but how many of you remember what I told you but said it means? Oh, watch it. What your but means. <laughs> it's important that you don't forget this. When you read or hear the word but, it means what's about to be said is of more significance, more weight upon it than what was previously said. So, truly it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a wonderful, glorious, marvelous place. But this is in their eyes, there giants there, and we're not able. Only to be disputed somewhat a little bit later on by Joshua and Caleb. They said we are. There are giants there, but we're well able. It all depends on what your butt is. <laughs> You're not able, or you are able. Well, see, we're able. There's nothing impossible or too hard for our God. Keeping in mind He wants us to succeed. He wants us to overcome. He wants us to possess the land. He wants us to defeat the devil. He wants our marriage restored. He wants our businesses redeemed. He wants our schools once again to have revival in them and for our children to turn from a life of sin to a life of righteousness. But we have to do our part. I don't very seldom ever title sermons and if I were going to title one tonight it would be step up, step out, and step in. If you just read that, reflect on that little passage that we just read. Moses is dead. God speaks to Joshua. And he gives him a charge and he gives him a calling. And Joshua can either step up or not. What is it that God is calling you to do? He may be calling you to be the one to make the first move to help heal your marriage. He may be calling you to go into a ministry or to start a ministry or this or that or whatever. I don't know what he's speaking to you to do. But whatever he's speaking, you have to answer the call. You have to step up. And then you have to step out. You'll never get to the promised land if you stay where you're at. You'll never see the Word of God fulfilled in your life unless you act upon what He speaks. He wants us to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. And then and only then can we And this word said, in three days we'll step into the promised land. Then and only then can we step into that promised land when we've stepped up and stepped out and watched God show up and show out. But here's a few things I want to glean very quickly. I'm not going to keep you long from that passage of Scripture. We have to remember and keep it ever before us that like in verse 2, that God is our source because He said, I do give them. James says that every good and perfect gift cometh cometh from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow nor turning. He's always at the noontime position. He's always at the pinnacle of His ability and His desire to move mightily and powerfully and miraculously in your lives, your homes, your circumstances, your relationships. He's always able and desirous To see his will come to pass into your life. So remember that all of the blessings and things that we have in life. That he's the source of it. But also remember this. I'm going to preach a little longer tonight okay. I'm going to go to about five after. Or ten after or something. Twenty maybe thirty. But he's talking to his children. Anytime he says beloved. Beloved. He ain't talking to the devil. He's talking to his kids. And he says, Beloved, I believe this is in Third John 1 and 2, I think. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul so prospers. That's the part we miss. He wants our spirit man to grow where he can pile blessings upon us and us be able to handle them. He doesn't want the blessings that he wants to put on us to become a curse. And unless our spirit man grows and has the ability to handle the blessings, we'll let things such as pride and arrogance and a bad attitude and a condescending spirit come. And then our blessings become a curse. And he doesn't want that. So first and foremost, keep in mind that he's our source. Secondly, in verse 3, we've got to remember that we have his promises. We have his word because he told them there that every place that your foot touches, that's yours. As I said to Moses. Thirdly, in verse 5, we've got to remember that we have the protection Of God. He told them very clearly, There shall not a man stand before you. And don't hold me to this. I'm having a senior moment. (laughs) I think it's in Daniel. There shall not a man stand before you against whom you fight. There's that word, Christian. He's called us to do spiritual warfare. He's called us to fight. He had not called us to sit back and twiddle our thumbs. He's called us to fight the good fight of faith so that we can win in the end and have a testimony from our test. Yes. But we've got to remember that He is our protection. Verse 6, we've got to recognize the fact that He's going to divide for an inheritance so He will provide for us. Now, I want you to learn something about provision. I'm going to hurry through this. But I want you to learn something from provision. A lot of Christians, particularly shallow... I didn't say that. (laughs) A lot of Christians, particularly baby Christians, I'll put it that way. You say, what's your favorite verse? Well, Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. I challenge you to go read that because that's not what it says. And don't just read 4.19. Read the entire chapter of Philippians. Chapter 4. You see, Paul is writing the Philippians and he's talking to them about when I first began the ministry. When I first began to... Promote the kingdom of God. He says, you and you alone gave unto my necessities. Not just once, multiple times. And because you have sown into the kingdom. Because you have sown into the propagating of the gospel. Because you have had a part in spreading the good news. My God will supply all of your needs. According to his riches and glory. It didn't have nothing to do with me and mine. It was about you and yours. Because you were faithful. You were a giver. You were a sower of into the kingdom. And because you've sown, you'll reap. And that ain't just money. It includes money. But if you want those blessings and those provisions, sow into the kingdom. Verse 7. Then, after we've done those things, if we don't turn to the right, if we don't turn to the left, in other words, we keep our eyes on the prize. If we press, if we run hard to the finish line, and don't forget why we're running, and don't run as one that beats the air, but we run with purpose, we will have success in the end. God wants us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. That's the simplest word I want to give to you tonight. Don't quit. Persevere. Press on. Fight the good fight. Remember who you serve. Remember who's in you. Remember that there's no weapon formed against you as a child of God that uses the word of God and lives the life that can defeat you. There's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. There's no weapon formed against you that can overtake you. I'm challenging us to get our stinking thinking right. To get our, as my drill sergeant told me at boot camp and army, get your mind right, boy. (laughs) We need to get our spiritual minds right. Bow your heads.